0: is that other sports
1: show. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are back. It is Wild card weekend or divisional playoff weekend or I don't know what weekend. There's big stakes, high money, win, uh, continue, what is it, survive and continue style of games here. There is UFC. There is a lot going on this weekend. Jesse and I are going to do everything in our power to keep this within an hour. So if you want to bet on that, go right ahead. (laughs) Uh, I am with the great. Jesse Thomas, who I love like a brother. It is good to talk to you once again. Uh, We are doing this once again on a Tuesday. Shout out to you for moving your schedule to allow me to do this on a Tuesday because I will once again, as we stated last week, be at AEW Rampage as well as Dynamite tomorrow. So I like taping these, uh, you know, the day before. The line, the NFL line changed a little bit last week in between when we taped and the actual kickoff, which is going to happen when you have player injuries. The, the Tua was the big one, but uh, the, that line jumped, which is ironic because that, that game was so
0: fucking close. But
1: we'll touch on all the games here in a minute, Jess. Again, the great Jesse Thomas, my friend. How are you?
0: I'm good, brother. I'm good. How are you? I am fucking
1: fantastic. I'm sipping a wild watermelon bang. I'm feeling good. I, I've I've come returned from L.A. I spent a little time at the beach. I wish I was a little bit tan. As always, when I visit L.A., I like to go to Venice. I like to go to Muscle Beach. I like to pump out a set of push-ups right outside of where Arnold used to train. All the greats used to train. I just I have to. One day when I have enough time, I'm going to actually spend the 20 or 25 bucks to get a day pass and work out on those same benches that all the strongest human beings in the world have worked out on. I'm talking Arnold. I'm talking Biggie. I'm talking possibly The Rock. He's had to have worked out there at least, right? Once.
0: For sure. He had had to have been out there.
1: Just, just a random question. Let me throw some shit at you here. Is there one gym in the world that you would love to work out at at the
0: top of your head? I mean, Venice Beach is obviously, like, the one, mm-hmm. you know, just, just because, like, you know, when we go to our little gyms, we, we push our weights around a little bit. You know, we feel super good. But you go to Venice, and that's, like you said, that's where the strongest human beings in the world have touched foot to ground right there. Hand to steel right there. It's just an amazing, like, magical place. Like, I feel like you get, like, a bump in strength by working out there.
1: The inspiration is what it is. It's almost like you feel the lightning bolts shooting down into your body. And then you're just fucking, you're pushing or pulling. It's one of the two. One of the two. You're pushing or you're fucking pulling. So I spent a little bit of time at the beach. It was nice to get out. It was nice to get away a little bit, yes. But, again, thank you for moving the show record times. Three shows, I believe, three weeks into the year. So we are fucking really going the right way. We're once again on pace to do 50 shows. We will not, but it's fun to say. Yes, uh, <laughs> I want to start right here. Hot button topic. We missed MMA the last few weeks. This is probably the real deep dive of MMA that we've done this beginning of the year and to our new listeners listening on from Variety Sports thank you for listening any new listeners shout out to you we appreciate you for tuning in just sit down have a cup of coffee have a beer do whatever you're doing here just jump right in feel free to tweet us at team toss 21 if anything strikes you and you just have thoughts that you want to jump in on i, I saw we had a little bit of uh, communication on twitter this week so that's cool talking about the playoffs yeah. but Jess, i want to touch on the hottest button mma topic and we talked a bit, little bit about it last week this is a weird year for mma i believe the biggest star in mma in combat sports not named conor mcgregor and not named bones jones not named George St. Pierre, has just walked away from the UFC. And I'm talking about Francis Ngannou. Jess, you and I have talked about Francis frequently, and I know you remember the energy that we had when we discussed Ngannou versus Jones possibly happening and and all of the excitement. We even had Nolan King on to discuss it as well. Shout out, Nolan. Um, and I remember when we had these conversations, Jess, I was kind of like, man, what's the percentages this fight really happens? Is it really like a 50 50? And I felt like I was low at that time. I'd like to revisit that at some point. Jess, he's walked away from the UFC. Give me your initial thoughts here.
0: Uh, I would, I, I think it's shocking. I think it's, it's absolutely shocking. Um, everybody's. It seems in in MMA, if you're working out at some little gym and you're doing some city shows, some local shows, maybe you're doing some, you know, country fair events, you're doing regional 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 stuff, you know, you're traveling the circuit trying to build up that record. It seems that if you ask one of those young people out there doing that, where do you want to end up? And they're going to say, well, I want to end up in the UFC. That's the big show bellator is cool one FC is across the pond i don't want to go there like ufc is the show and francis Naganu for his short time actually it's pretty short time in the ufc was the biggest draw outside of those names that you'd already mentioned outside of brock lesnar who hasn't fought in the ufc cage in like five years so to have him just simply turned down a contract, which apparently uh, Dana White went on record as saying it was the largest contract to be handed out in UFC history. And Francis Ngannou said, no, I'm good. Uh, super, super shocked.
1: When you hear the largest contract in UFC history, do you accept that? for face value or do you think this is kind of a promoter saying promoter word salad type of shit
0: this time so this time i believe that it's it's more possible than it's not i i think that okay. i think that for the time being uh we kind of had like some uh, what seemed to be a little bit of a fire between dana and francis uh, the guys weren't seen eye to eye on things. Uh, Francis got injured, took some time off. I think Dana kind of took that personal. Um, and now here we are. I think it finally uh, came to realization that he is the biggest draw in MMA right now, in all of MMA. And you and I have talked extensively on this too. It's about the heavyweight division. You can have a George St. Pierre, you can have a back in the day, a Matt Hughes or a BJ Penn or a Frankie Edgar, so on and so forth. But when you throw a heavyweight that looks like he does, throws shots like he does, and just brings that aura of like, I'm going to whoop your ass regardless of whoever you are, like the heavyweight division is the biggest draw in mixed martial arts. So I believe that Dana said, you know what, let's just do it. He threw him a big-ass contract. And again, super shocked that Francis just simply said no.
1: Jess, I'm looking at the payout here. And again, I'm looking on the internet, so this could be inaccurate. But Stipe seems to be his highest payout. How much do you think he got paid? No, I'm wrong. It's not Stepe. So it was Cyril Gagne. How much do you think Naganu got? And this is literally this time last year. His last fight was 122.22. How much do you think he got paid?
0: Uh, I'm going to go with two and a half. Two and a half mil.
1: 1,042,000. Jeez. It's not even 1.4. It's 1,042,000. So with that now, now that you know that, when Dana says I offered him the highest UFC contract payout for a heavyweight, what, what do you think that could really be? $2 million? Two and a half?
0: What do you think it could really be? This this is the number that I think was thrown out. And I have no I have no ties to anybody. Like, you know, like Yeah, you know nothing. Nothing. I know nothing.
1: The Diz has not informed you anything. Is
0: my guess about. based on those numbers would be that Dana White offered him a six fight contract for somewhere in between one and a half to like, you know, one point seven million dollars of fighting.
1: Oh, a fight. Okay. I a thought fight. you were gonna say total. No, a fight. Uh okay.
0: Based on based on if he was the champion or in a championship fight, I'm guessing that there's always stipulations. Like, if he lost the title and then yeah. he was fighting like a come up fight, like there's different payouts.
1: No one's getting that no Garrett deal ever again. No no, just, no, 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 no. It's just here's fucking $6 million <laughs> for 10 fights.
0: Yeah, that's and not happening. Fucking
1: you, you go four and you go two and four. Uh,
0: okay.
1: <laughs> um, so. God, I'd le- God, we got to reach out to Nolan King to get. Let's reach out to Nolan and see if we can get him on next week.
0: Hey, we him. said that this shot. is the year that we're going to look for more Let's interviews. Give it a so fuck. Less, you know what? I'm going to reach out, out to my to guy
1: because I want to I ask him. I want to ask him. I think it's time to do a deep dive with our, with our dog. Um, Jess, how much do you think Naganu can make boxing Andy
0: Ruiz? Probably in between 10 to 15 million for the fight. I think that's
1: easy. I think that's easy. Yeah, I, I think, think
0: that's easy money. I think, I think that's, that's probably that's on the have
1: been talking about endorsements. I think that's just you're stepping in the ring, win, lose or draw. Here's a ten million dollars.
0: That's job. fight. That's just yeah, like you said, that's that's fight money.
1: That's not not not, not, not
0: promotions and sponsors and TV time and all the you know everything. Just you're else. walking
1: into a ring, not we're not talking about the Corona deal, the DiCato deal, whatever beer they they decide to slap you on, you slap your face on. None of that. We're not talking about. We're just talking about 10 million. Yeah. So why, why in the fucking world would this guy even consider re-signing with the UFC if they're offering him? I don't want to say pennies on the dollar, but nickels on the dollar. He can make four to five times in one fight than what he can make in what you think he would be offered in five. Yeah. That's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. So so with this all said, Jess, we love to say prize fighting on this show. As long as we've been talking about this show, Jess, it's prize fighting. It, it, you know what grinds my gears, Jess? Tell me. When individuals, and I don't like to say dick riders, because that word that's just a term that bothers me. But when people just really dick ride and say, well, Dana offered him a lot of money and therefore he should have just taken this contract. You're not understanding a fighter's true value. You're not understanding what a fighter goes through and you're not understanding possibly an individual's worth when you say something like that. And I don't don't know if Dick Ryder is the right term as much as it is just like uneducated. Like you got to educate yourself and really... Look, at, and I'm not talking about you, Jess. It just anyone no, that I says, got you, I got you. Anyone that says, well they offer he was offered the most amount of money the UFC was ever offered, so therefore he, he should just take it. No, he he did he sat out for a year hoping he could negotiate something better and it didn't happen. Meanwhile, I would almost guarantee you he's got two three handshake deals with other promoters and other who whatever television networks to go fight box you you see the tweets from PFL
0: can you can you imagine Francis Ngannou out of nowhere a W match. You got like you know some some of their heavyweight guys. You got that. Luchasaurus in the ring or something <laughs> well, out of nowhere.
1: No, you. So you got it. The Nigerian
0: gotta, Nightmare. You know the music drops. You got drums. You got lights. Wow. You got smoke. all the,
1: all everything. And they then they don't, they it's spend money.
0: Francis fucking Naganu walking down the ramp. Well, that's I that's money. I tweeted
1: it. I tweeted it the other day. Why wouldn't he wrestle uh, Tyson Fury at WrestleMania? why wouldn't Holy he shit. why wouldn't he wrestle tyson they will probably he would probably make somewhere between three to five million dollars vince is back baby which means the checkbook is back we got that blood money now that saudi money allegedly <laughs> allegedly, allegedly folks. and so we can open up that checkbook we'll drop about six eight million dollars here you combine for these two guys guys say hey we're going to sit down with vince we're going to go to night two in WrestleMania in LA and showcase ourselves and work the safest eight to 10 minute match that you ever work that somehow ends with them rolling out into the audience and then they're fighting and then it, it becomes a double disqualification because no one's doing the job, right? No one is doing no. the job. no. So you got to do some one of these things where somebody rolls out and then somebody else. and then uh,
0: you could uh, even have you could even have a situation where Fury and Naganu are going at it out in the crowd. And then you bring in look, WrestleMania they always do it. They bring in some old-fashioned tag team or 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 old, you know, school wrestler. Say you you're bring have, out bring, APA, come out. Say you bring out APA or something, and <laughs> then Nagano and just Fury because. just runs out. You like all of a sudden now it's just chaos in the ring. And oh, now they're teaming out together. Into the floor, but
1: now, now they're teaming together at the end.
0: Yes, now they're teaming together, and then it's like now to they beat don't have the to APA. jump. Yeah, I, I mean. It's, it's, you, it's listen, endless.
1: Yes, yes, that's my point. You can go anywhere with this book and pencil.
0: The other big to, thing, too, is that I heard, or, or I saw on Twitter, at least, and, and I'm guessing that it was real. I don't know. I didn't look into it a whole lot. But apparently Logan Paul offered Francis Naganu a deal for a six-fight deal, three boxing matches, three MMA matches in Logan Paul's promotion. Or yeah, Jake I, Paul. I, excuse me, Jake. I, Jake Paul. I, I, I,
1: I would assume, again, it's an option that he's going to look at because at the end of the day, he wants to make a lot of money. And when Dana says stuff like, well, he's looking for easier fights. No, he's looking for more money. And he's also looking for possibly some easy money. Since you won't give him the opportunity to get endorsements, where else is he going to find easy money? Does it have to be through your channels? That's Can we? Not-
0: can we, as fans of MMA, get to a point, and I'm going to use your term, dick rider, can we please stop dick riding Dana White's punk ass?
1: That kind of
0: No, listen to this. Listen, he comes out, and you get a guy who says, hey, man, I'm not taking the contract. I'm going to step out. I'm going to go do something else. I'm going to go fight Bellator. I'm going to go WWE. I'm going to go here. I'm going to go there. Whatever. And his initial reaction on almost every interview is well, he's just looking for the easy fights. He's he's you know, almost daring to say he's afraid of of stepping into the cage. Francis Naganu is not afraid of one single person on the face of this planet. I can guarantee no. you that right now. Hell no. There's not one heavyweight in that UFC locker room that can beat him, not John Jones. Not Stipe, not Cyril Gain, none of those guys. None of those guys are beating Nagano, especially a healthy, motivated Naganu. He's doing this because Dana White and the UFC promoters out back, up top, they pay their fighters shit money. Let's just be real about that. They pay them shit money with no insurance. These guys have no guaranteed money whatsoever, and, and they have no guarantee that their career is even going to go further than their contract. <laughs> What Francis Naganu and all these other fighters uh, are doing are leaving for guarantees. Yes. They want the pay. They well, want the insurance. Their
1: potential as prize
0: fighters. And they're maximizing their potential because, again, like Jay is using constantly, and you will hear if you listen to the show more and more, you will hear us when we talk about MMA. They are prize fighters. Boxers are prize fighters. The prize is what they want. They come across a belt, great. Come across a trophy, great. But where is the dollar sign? I hear these guys talking about Lamar Jackson. We'll get into this a little bit more. Well, they talk well, about, it. oh well, Lamar Jackson. He's just greedy. He just wants that cash. He wants a damn guarantee that if he breaks his leg next season, he's going to be able to live the rest of his life comfortably and pay for all the surgeries he's going to have to have and yep. all the rehabilitation he's going to have to have and not have to worry about cash. Crazy, Crazy. fighters, folks. Crazy it's about Crazy to me, guarantees. Jesse
1: crazy to me that we just saw the hamlin thing less than two weeks ago and people are over here saying lamar is being greedy lamar should lamar should no no we just saw a guy nearly die on the field so lamar wants guaranteed money because he takes i don't know somewhere between 20 and 30 hits every single weekend my man's in car collisions 20 to 30 times on a on a slow week every no no Give these guys their guaranteed money. All right. So uh, we're in agreement with Naganu. Yes. And if you listen to this show, the common theme will always be we're going to be in agreement with prize fighters getting the prize, yes. the most amount of money, the most amount of everything. They've earned it. They're the ones that are putting themselves at risk the same way a football player does for our entertainment. And it's absolutely brutal that like you said, Jesse, people are going to defend Dana White. Don't defend him. We do not defend uh, Roger Goodell. We do not defend uh, Batman. We do not defend Adam Silver. It's very rare. The commissioners sometimes are usually, in a fan's opinion, wrong, more times than right. And a lot of times we're trying to hold these guys accountable. Where, where is the fucking accountability for Dana? Oh, I forgot, Jess. There fucking is none. Point to Exhibit A. The guy slapped his fucking wife <laughs> and is sitting at a podium this week saying, well, the biggest punishment is I got to deal with this for the rest of my life. Yeah, so does everybody that ever has to fucking go through that. The difference is they lose their jobs. The difference they go to jail. They lose their careers. <laughs> the difference is they lose the, their licensing in some scenarios. Like the difference is, that, like they're fucking working at UPS now if they're lucky, because <laughs> that's what happens. That's not gonna happen to Dana ever. Nah. So here we are, guys. Don't defend him. He's got it. He's got enough people defending him. And guess what? He doesn't give a fuck if you defend him or not. His pockets are fatter and fucked. Meanwhile, he's as you said, these fighters are fucking scraping by, which is by. how it is. The you proof,
0: the see, proof of this is, you can go on the internet and you can look up the pay scales and salaries for every fight. You can, can look never, it up. There's there's you can many, never there's see many a ten and 10. There, there, you can There's never many see
1: a fucking ten and ten. Bottom. There's
0: line, I mean, many websites that you know they have a way of getting that knowledge. They put it out. It's posted. It's it's, it's public information. Go look it up. You go look it up, and if you don't get sick to your stomach even just a little bit, you're a weird person. Like, obviously, just, you're rich too, because you're like, oh well, fuck them. Like, I'm rich too. I mean, you know what I mean? Well, I, I like, just,
1: I just think about it. I think, I think that people's empathy levels are different, and if you see fighters as expendable the same way, uh, then you're the same disgusting. as Dana. That's then you're disgusting. the same as Dana, and it's unfortunate. I don't. I think sometimes when you make a connection to a fighter and you become a fan. Part of it is just that I'm a fan of this guy, I'm a fan of his beliefs, of his style, of this or that. I got a shirt, I got a shoes, whatever. Uh, well,
0: guess what, folks? Donald Trump has fans too, and he ain't always right. So <laughs> it's a questions. good
1: point, <laughs> it's a very good point. Okay, but yes. here's,
0: here's, here's. point 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 made. Francis Ngannou is going to go off. He's going to make some money. He's going to make some movies. He's, he's going to go to Hollywood. He's going to yes. do anything. I'm very happy for him. I'm excited to see what's next for Francis.
1: Jess, what do uh, over under he boxes in the next six months? Give me an over under.
0: Well, he's healthy and he was in line for a fight, so I would have to say that it's uh it's highly possible that he fights in the next six months. Boxes or, or boxing? Yeah. Boxing. Ain't,
1: any chance he, and I agree with you by the way, I think he has a fight before June uh, any chance he signs a contract with like let's say a, a PFL or a one or even uh, I don't know some of these Japan uh, one of these places in
0: Japan. So PFL is interesting. I, I'm only gonna. I don't believe that. I don't. Please. I don't believe that MMA is what he wants to do. But Jake Paul has signed with PFL to do this super fight league thing. I could see him sign like a fight or two type contract, nothing long term, where he fights like their best heavyweights. He's not going to go through a tournament. He's not going to fight some chump and then have to move on and fight two more fights before he fights for a championship. If anything, I don't know how Jake Paul's Super Fight League is going to work in PFL, but if you call it a Super Fight League, it better be a fucking Super Fight. And if you can put a Super Fight together, then I can uh, see a moment where Francis goes, hey, you know what? I've always wanted to fight this guy. Let's go ahead and make this one fight happen for... Five and a half million dollars.
1: Was it versus? What was it, Jeff? Yeah. What was it?
0: Yeah, Why, so it's... you
1: there, The versus model is still there, it's just it needs to be tweaked and perfected. It clearly worked, people paid for those fights. It was just it just didn't work every time, and it clearly had its high and low. Uh, I, there's clearly a model there where you could put a hybrid MMA. Boxing event on They've been doing it in Japan for 20 fucking years K1 slash MMA events In a ring Something's there where you can go We're gonna do this with Jake Paul here And then we're gonna fucking do Nagato here At a boxing main event It's it's there. And there's no reason to do anything goofy. No hybrid fucking your box. If no, it, it ain't got to be like... And a then you come like in their... and put a fucking glove on. Fucking fit. They set nah. a cage up. None of that shit. Fucking hell in a cell. They're they're not gonna,
0: yeah, they're not going to light the cage on fire. Too. There's no no crazy shit like that. <laughs> no exploding, is gonna... exploding,
1: death wire bar, uh, exploding barbed wire death match. None of that.
0: Okay. No ECW shit.
1: We spent a lot of time on that. Go. On Nagano, we're going to quickly power through this UFC 283 card. I want to start with one prelim fight, Jess. It's one of our favorites of all time. As long as we've been talking mixed martial arts, we've been talking about our heroes. And I know this is one of yours. It's definitely it one of mine. Shogun Mauricio Ruha. He is fighting Ihor Poteria. Uh is 19 and 3. Uh God Shogun 40 fucking fights. Uh I don't have the spread in, in front of me yet, but Jess, who you
0: got? Uh Eeyore is uh minus 220. So he's, yeah, he's heavily heavy. he's heavily favored. Heavily favored. And he should be. He's younger. He's you know, he's the up-and-coming guy um mauricio is uh you know like he's he's like 40 years old now i mean let's face it man like he's and the last what what is he in his last 10 fights i mean he's probably 500 if 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 best he's probably below 500
1: three and seven i think it's bad
0: so i mean realistically this should be a wash for pateria um he's again young up-and-coming guy good solid record uh i believe he's fighting out of like switzerland or something not switzerland but uh um uh somewhere over yeah, there in the netherlands you know somewhere over there in that area and uh you know i, I believe that he even trains with um with uh Ah, oh, so um i mean sweet. he's he a sweet good camp, you know, solid fighter, good hands.
1: Trending up versus Trending, trending up down. versus Let's Trending get that down. out of the way. Uh, uh
0: I I've heard, you know, internet rumors that this is Shogun's last fight, but I've also heard Shogun say he wants to have one more fight with Lil Nog before, you know, Jeez, kind of that why? be like that be like the retirement fight. I think that he's going to get washed. Like it's going to be bad. He's gonna get you know he's gonna get beat up and it's gonna probably be pretty quick. Shogun's reflexes have not looked very, very good. His his fine motor skills are no longer fine. Um, His footwork does not look as as sharp. His hands are always. He looks like a
1: guy that's been fighting since he was sixteen.
0: yeah, let's let's just and you know what, obviously, like if you follow you know that that style of MMA. You know, back in the pride days and before, uh, you know, shoot a box. Mm, I mean, heck. but in, in his record, I'm just gonna say because you and I know this, but maybe for some people out there who are just listening, they're like, Who's this Mauricio Shogun? Who a guy? He's got a cool nickname. Uh, Shogun may have plus 40 fights on record, <laughs> but during his shoot a box camps with guys like Vandalay Silva and even Anderson Silva at a uh, later time and many other just beasts of brazil uh they were not just sparring like they were fighting they were yeah, knocking each other out she inside fights. sparring camps so that 40 is realistically probably more like 60 and a lot of those have been ended up in knockouts you know in camp so this is a guy whose brains have been splattered for the last like 15 years and and I love him. He's always been uh one of my top three MMA fighters of all time. And he always puts on a show when he was young. He was just a stud. I remember the middleweight grand prix. It was one of the most amazing events I've ever watched in my entire life. Uh I, I can't say enough about him. I wish him the best, but this is gonna be a wash.
1: I hate when we do eulogies on the show, but boy are you right. <laughs> the shogun that came out of the middleweight grand prix was Basically crowned. This is the next big thing in MMA, and it, it's almost like to use. To, if you were going to pick somebody today, and I hate it, it's a, almost a terrible comparison when you stick them next to each other, but you look at like a Sugar Sean, yes. And go, so, this guy comes, but from an uh, this guy comes from an elite camp. This guy's 19 or 20 years old, and he's fucking knocking out guys that have been fighting for 10 years in brutal fashion and he came out of this tournament again and he was, he was just beating top level guys and he came to America and he came to the UFC and he may not have had the run that we thought he might have he didn't have the run that an Anderson Silva did when he came from pride but he was able to reach a crowning achievement of winning the heavyweight belt and he knocked out Machida when no one had knocked out Machida, and that was a big fucking deal, Jess. You remember that.
0: Yes. Here's so you.
1: I'm uh, I I'm much like you. I don't think this makes it out of two rounds. I'll give Shogun one round here just for the benefit of the doubt. Fill that round, if you will. Um uh God, you know what? I didn't I didn't do this with Frankie Edgar the other day. So maybe maybe God, uh I all right, let me take that second round back. Let I me mean, first round knockout here for Potaddy. let's keep it moving. Jess, <laughs> we're gonna shoot through these first let's two do it. fights. Uh Paul Craig, who I love, he is a he is a favorite? Oh, he's an underdog. He's, he's fighting, an underdog. He's fighting Johnny Walker. I love Johnny Walker. I don't need to read any of these Johnny Walker's improved. I just need Johnny Walker to go in there and just bang, bro. You're the just bang, bro, that the UFC needs. Jess, who you got?
0: Uh, I'm going underdog. I'm going Paul Craig. I, I've thought about this fight for a few days to, to try to figure out like why. I think that Johnny Walker just... I I mean, unless he just shows me something like crazy, some crazy improvement, I've not seen any improvement in his last three fights. The guy looks the same. He still loses the same. He tries to win the same. Paul Craig is uh, somewhat a sneaky submission artist. He's getting really,
1: really good on the ground.
0: I could see this going to the ground and then Walker getting subbed out. It's happened to him before, and I think this is what's going to happen. I'm going to say second round submission, Paul Craig.
1: Uh, I like Craig. I love this fight. Craig has to turn this into a a let-me-do-bull-matador comparison, if you will, with him being the matador. Let Walker get tired him to the ground in the second round you can submit him. I don't think Walker has two, three rounds of gas in him. But I think Walker wins. I think Walker knocks him out. I've seen Craig knocked out. I know I don't want to say Craig is Chinny, but I've seen him hurt and knocked out in fights. And I like Walker via knockout round one. Uh Andrade whose first name I, I don't want to disrespect, but I'm forgetting right now, she is the biggest favorite on the card, I believe, at a fucking minus minus five hundred. Uh Lauren Murphy a plus 380. I don't think Lauren Murphy is a bad fighter, Jess. Who
0: you got? Uh Jess Jessica Andraj is the heavier hitter. Uh she's got also some sneaky submission skills. I don't want to say that just because she's Brazilian, but I mean like let's face it, man, if you're Brazilian, you've got some Brazilian jiu-jitsu background. Lauren Murphy is just uh she's a scrapper, man. Like she she's tough as nails. But usually, when people are talked about like that, you know, like that's their trait they they're they're remembered for. Like she has no overwhelming skill set. She's just tough. She's scrappy. She hangs into fights. Andraj, I think three pieces are up and then puts her out in the first round. I don't see I don't see Murphy making it out of the first.
1: Lauren Murphy, Master of None, is that where we're at? Master master Uh, of None. Jesse, you've just enlightened me and you are correct. Andrade hits like a fucking uh, truck. And if Lauren tries, and I believe Lauren's going to try and stand with her and that's going to be the mistake. She gets knocked out in one round. I love this fight. Listen, I'm still on Gilbert Burns Island here. I might be the fucking one of the last guys here, but I'm still all in on Gilbert Burns to have a fucking shot here. One last run, if you will. He is taking on Neil Magny. This is a fun fight. Neil Magny is also a bit of a big uh, underdog. Just who you got?
0: I like Magny. Oh, really? No, 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 no. Uh, I like Magny. You surprised me. But but But... Gilbert Burns is, he's like fire uncorked, man. He's like what happens if you hold a firecracker in your hand. You're going to blow some fingers off. I love Gilbert Burns. He brings heat. He brings intensity. He's got l- a lot of pop in those gloves. And he also brings some submission in wrestling. And Magny is, again, uh, he's a tough, tough guy. He's going to put up a fight. He's going to he's going to knock Burns on his ass once or twice. Uh, but overall, I think that this will go to a decision, and Gilbert Burns will uh, pick up the win.
1: Uh, never forget, Burns was the first person to hurt Usman that I can remember. During that insane, Usman title run where we were comparing him. Yes. Uh, Neil Magny has to turn this into a grappling match. I don't know if he can now grapple Burns. Burns is going it's the same old Burns. I don't think anything's changed. He's going to have that same gas tank. I haven't (laughs) seen the videos of him underwater with like the snorkel and shit talking about how his gas tanks improved. Uh, I think it's no gimmicks here. <laughs> he either knocks fucking Magny out or gives him a ton of fits for two rounds, and then gases in that third round, but still wins. too. I like Burns here. I'm. I want to go knockout, but I think Magny sticks around for three rounds. Burns wins. Magny sticks around. This was my 2022 fight of the year, Jess. I love this fight. I will say this. I want to see these guys fight ten times. If there's if there's anything, Dana, listen, we can say all these negative things about Dana, but kudos to him for continuing to book this fight. Uh <laughs> Figgy, Figueredo. This is a, basically a pick and fight. He's fighting the ultimate nerd, the ultimate geek. Moreno. I love Moreno. He's just he's just a great guy. He's a guy you want to date your daughter, I think. Maybe not though, because he could probably beat the shit out of you, and you something <laughs> sideways. You want him to date your daughter unless he's like you know, has uh, unless you guys have a disagreement then maybe not so much. Uh Yeah, this is a pickup, Jesse. You got.
0: I love this fight. I mean, you could. This is one of those fights where they fight ten times and each one picks up five, you know, five. five wins. I mean, that's that's how this fight goes. I, I'm I'm going to go on a on a limb and just say I I love Figgy. I think that he's. I, I believe he is the more complete fighter. I believe yeah. that Moreno yeah. just kind of has that spark. He kind of pushes him. He, is, uh, he, he, he has
1: crazy stand
0: He has crazy heart, stand-up. if you will. You hear that all the time. He has heart and stamina. It pushes him through bad spots. Um, we've seen him in several bad spots against Figgy. F- Figueredo, his hands are lightning fast. He's got submission. He's got wrestling. I think he's the full, complete deal for the, for the in that division. I think it's going to be super super tough for anybody in the flyweights to take, to pry that belt away from him. But we've seen in every sport, every every champion has uh you know, you got a Batman and you got a Joker. And this oh, is like, that. you know, you can you can pick it whoever you want to be Batman and Joker <laughs> in this fight, but that's the, that's the style of this fight. Moreno could easily come out and get a couple strikes, couple kicks, takedowns, you know, win a win a decision. Figgy could come out and do the same exact thing. I'm just going with the champion because he is the champion for a reason. I'm sticking with that.
1: I want this fight to end in either a draw or a double knockout. So they have to fight again after five <laughs> rounds. I want them to fight for 24 minutes and then in minute 24 and a half, double knockout. And, and you get this. Was it Shoney Carter was a referee that had the, like the, the WWE referee, when, but when it was a double knockout, it's the infamous clip, Jess. I know the one you're talking about. It's a double knockout in a in a MMA fight. And I believe Stony caught as a referee and he I think it was his promotion brother. He, re- he reacts the same way a WWE referee would react. And it's fucking fantastic, um, <laughs> man. Gun in my head. I'm going to pick Moreno I, because I think he won the last fight too, Jess. I thought he won the last fight, even though they gave it to Figgy. Um, Figgy takes the bait, dude. He takes the bait every time with Moreno, and Moreno just baits him into these wild combinations that end with heavy hands, knees, fucking wild spinning kicks. And that shit drops Figgy every time because it's not shit that you can train for because Moreno is wild. Um, I love this fight. I want Moreno to win. I'm rooting for Moreno. I think my logical pick is Moreno. But again, I could see it 3-2 either way again. Uh, Jess, we've made it to the main event. We said this jokingly last week. We we This is the first title fight ever made because Dana was just like, "Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> I don't like the way that last title fight, eh, fuck it. It just... Get Glover on the phone. Get Jamal there. Jamal Hill on the phone. All right, these guys are fine for the belt.
0: While poor uh, Anthony Smith gets told he ain't got a fight on live it, television.
1: You, if you listened to our show two, three weeks ago, Ugh. Jess and I had a very good tirade on this. <laughs> so we'll go ahead and go back and listen to that one. Uh, Jess, this is a pick 'em too. Who you got?
0: The, uh, so, you know what? I'm not surprised. This is a pick 'em. Glover Teixeira has been the underdog in like every fight in his entire life. Like no one takes him seriously. He doesn't. He doesn't have the body of a professional fighter. You know what I mean? He doesn't. You know he's he's uh, all scarred up from from multiple fights. He's he's had quite a few in his his time. Also over forty fights. Jamal Hill's the young guy's cut up. He looks like a champion. You know, like so. I think that in the UFC, that's kind of how they they like to do things a little bit. You know, promote guys one way, promote the other, the other. Uh, Glover has One way to win this fight It's to get a couple pops in Shoot for that double Get Hill down and work That world class Brazilian Jiu Jitsu If he can't do that Jamal Hill's going to stand up there with those long ass arms And he's just going to throw pieces After pieces after pieces It's not going to knock he, He's not going to knock Teixeira out He's not going to finish him like that But it, he's just going to win round after round after round Glover has to get this to the he's got to get the fight to the ground in my opinion that is Glover's we've seen Glover with knockouts and we know that he has heavy hands but in his elder statesman era of time he's a lot slower head movements a lot slower punches don't exactly pop like they used to and he's gonna have to count on that jujitsu he's gonna have to count on the wrestling game because Hill's gonna be the faster stronger guy in the ring or in the cage. With that being said, I think that Glover just with his uh you know extensive work in his career, the guys he's fought, the battles he's been in, I think he's going to just be able to to stand the heat and the pressure. Jamal Hill uh obviously is going to be, you know, he this is his first shot at a title. Um he's going to be super excited. I don't know how he's going to handle the bright lights in the big city so to speak in Brazil. And 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 again, just like I mentioned, it's in Brazil. Crazy shit happens in Brazil. I think Glover wins. I think he gets. Uh, I think he gets a submission uh, somewhere in the third round, and Glover uh, gets his title.
1: Yeah, I think Glover. Uh, I agree with pretty much everything you said here. I don't know if I, I, I. Here's where we may disagree. I I think standing, Glover continues to impress me, and to be able to stand at his age and go blow for blow with Yuri in that last fight, and basically be winning that fight all the way up until the last minute when he got choked out, that, to me, was so fucking impressive. And Yuri is is really, really good in, the, in probably the future at 205. So for Glover to do what he did to me again, unbelievable. Um, I think this is the Glover swan song. I think he... Gets a TKO here sometime in the third round. I don't think it goes past three. And uh, I agree with what you said, where it's a combination of bright lights, big city, main event. In Brazil, you are walking into a fucking war zone. You're walking right into Glover's spot. And this is that moment where Glover wins Retires and then hangs the belt up, and then they can do Geary versus Hill or Hill versus fucking whoever, and and Dana's gonna be mad. Hey, Glover will do things. He won't retire right after the fight. I don't think he will. I think he'll he'll ride off into the sunset and then and then retire a little bit later. Like, I don't think he wants to make it have that moment right then and there. I could be wrong. I can't see them putting on the belt on him and then him turning around and putting the the gloves down. It would be cool if he put the gloves and the belt down in the center of the ring though. I don't know if anyone especially in
0: Brazil it would, yeah, be, a, would be it would be a sight to see.
1: That, that would be bullshit, but I think that Glover's one of those like simple men where he's you know and I say that respectfully not like simple Jack, but like, you know, (laughs) wants to, wants to kind of stay out, you know, doesn't mind the spotlight, but doesn't want to have that, like, oh, look, and I'm I'm also leaving the company high and dry and I'm hanging up the belt and you fucking figure out who to, who to have next, Dana, even though you clearly just had a meltdown. and This is why I'm in this fight to begin with. Uh, um, But that's what I think. I I like Glover. I like Glover in the third round. I I don't think. Uh, the only way he'll beat them is if he will catches them standing and, 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 you know, bum rushes him gets a knockout like that. I don't see it happening. I like Glover, and and I think Glover wins via knockout. Jess, we've wrapped up our MMA portion, I believe. Is that correct?
0: That is. That is okay. correct. Uh,
1: no real quick hits. I think this might be the quick hit game, um, but we might go on a tangent. We'll see here. Uh, the line is up. As always, ladies and gentlemen, I've got the four remaining football games here. This is the divisional round. Uh, I'm looking at DraftKings, Caesars, FanDuel, BetMGM, PointsBet, BetRivers, all of your favorite sites. And they are pretty much all leaving here except but one game. But I see eight and a half here. The Jags are eight and a half point favorite. Kansas, I'm sorry, Dog Underdog. on Dog. the road to Kansas City. The Chiefs are the number one seed. They're coming off that bye, Jess. Who you got?
0: Uh, you know, I, I really, I, I, am I'm, I'm taking the chiefs, but the points was something that I was really like thinking a lot about. Jags are playing very inspired football, uh, just come off that big win against the big comeback win down 27 zip, come back, beat the chargers, huge, huge game for them. But I think that that was it for them. To be honest, I think that that was their thing. They used up all that energy, all that momentum, to make that comeback happen. They won their playoff game first time in the playoffs in in since like, you know, what, whatever it was like two thousand six or something like that, some crazy number like that. Uh, the Chiefs are still the Chiefs because they have Patrick Mahomes at quarterback and Andy Reid at head coach. Uh, they're gonna roll. I I like the Chiefs and I'm gonna take the points. I think they win by like nine or ten.
1: Yeah, eight and a half is kind of heavy, but I agree with what you said. Uh, first, traveling east to west, you got that. Uh, feels like a long season for Jacksonville. I don't know why. It just—it just feels like a long season. I mean, everyone's played the same amount of games, but it's just been a very uh, unique season for them, if you will. And I, I think this is kind of where we get off the roller coaster for them. Uh, I, I like the ten. I like the eight and a half. I think that Kansas City wins relatively comfortably, ten to thirteen. I don't believe we're going to see that incredible Jags comeback that we saw last week. I don't believe that Kansas city makes those mistakes. They've got too many high IQ, uh, well-seasoned coaches there and too many vet players on defense. They're not making that same mistake that the chargers did. Uh, Jess, quick sidebar. If you are chargers management, do you fucking fire that coach the second you get on the plane or do you do what they did, and do you take a deep breath and you go, "Let's get home, let's reevaluate. You know what can we do better? Are we going to have to pay a coach a bunch more money? Uh, what do you do if you're the Chargers' ownership because they gave up the biggest fucking lead in the
0: history of the playoffs? <laughs> uh, as fans, we do it all the time. I do it every week. Uh, yes, Buffalo on the um, show. every 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 week on the show and on Twitter. You see it happen in real life. Uh, I think that the Chargers. Management team needs to take a week to two weeks, reevaluate things, see where the Sean Payton stuff is going, see, look around, see if there's any other, you know, head coaching possibilities. And then you have to say, well, this guy's available, but is he better than Staley? You know what I mean? Like, you yeah. have, I-, I know that Staley's had this terrible, like, and, and let's not forget that the Chargers have had a horrendous season full of injuries. Yes. Like, half their squad was injured for over half the season, and they we're, still managed to bump into the playoffs.
1: They've had, they, their wide receivers were never healthy as a core, I feel like, all year. I Mike, bet you they well, haven't Mike had Williams, Williams didn't even play games. in this game. My, I, mean, I bet you. I so, bet you they haven't had more than three games where they had their entire core of receivers. And if they did, they probably didn't have a running back.
0: Exactly. So again, I I think that the smart thing to do and not the jump the gun thing like I do every week is sit back, take 2-3 weeks, evaluate what you have personnel-wise, player-wise, then reevaluate after that, look for who's available, and then you have to compare and contrast. Is this guy really better than Staley? Staley gave up a lot of points. We lost our, our wild card game. But in in reality, The Jags were higher seeded anyway, right? So let's not, like, super overreact. The Chargers were 5, the Jags were 4. You lost to the higher seed. In, In technicality to, you know, reality... That was supposed to happen, right? The, the lower seat's supposed division, to lose. To the, the, higher divi-
1: the winner of a division is supposed to beat the wild card team. Yeah, so so that.
0: there you go. Like, I mean, it, really, the, regardless that's, how that, the, how we the football gods planned it out, we so. were pumping
1: up the AFC fucking West before the season started. A exactly. Lot, everybody was. Even the Broncos.
0: So, we even had the Broncos like up there. Like we we uh, almost had that whole entire uh, division going to the damn playoffs.
1: Jess, one more question, and then we'll we'll keep it moving. Um can you make an argument for anyone other than Patrick Mahomes to be the NFL MVP this year?
0: No, not at all. all right. You You
1: don't want to try it with Josh.
0: Allen? You, you can try. Josh. Josh has been inconsistent, through, throwing a lot of interceptions. Anyone else? Saquon, uh, maybe. You can. You can. I mean, when's the last time a running back's won MVP? I mean, it's been a minute. It just doesn't really happen. You can talk Jalen Hurts, but Jalen Hurts missed a couple of games at the end of the season, so his numbers aren't exactly up there. Yeah, I think, that hurts, him, I think so, that hurts him a ton. I, think I mean, right, ton. right now as it sits, regular season NFL MVP, Patrick Mahomes.
1: I don't see a scenario, and I want to reiterate, I don't see a scenario where the, the Jags are in this game past the third quarter. No. I don't. Okay, uh, the Jets. Oh, Jesus. The New York football Giants. I'm sorry. Who he's we shit nuts. on
0: for, the like, the last month.
1: I was listening to some football takes earlier, and it was all <laughs> Jets takes, and I was listening to my boy Mark Sanchez. That's why I had the Jets on my mind. That's, that was the Fruity and Slip. The New York football Giants, and we'll give credit where credit's due, right? We want to praise when we can because we shit on people when we can. This guy, Danny Dimes, had a fucking incredible game, and he's had an incredible second half, and he's going to make a lot of money. The Giants are going to have to fucking pay him. We went from, and we touched on this a little bit last week, when I, by the way, picked this upset. We touched on a little bit last week. Uh, the first six to eight weeks, it was he's trash, get rid of him, trade him. Who are you going to fucking overpay or who are they going to draft to? He's playing better, but he is always still going to be a great football player, not necessarily a great quarterback. To okay, he makes a throw here or there, but I don't know. I'm not even sipping the Kool-Aid yet. So now he's got a legitimate playoff win. So, so you've heard every analyst say it this week. The Giants are going to have to make a decision where they either short-term pay him, real quick guaranteed money for two or three years, or they franchise tag him. That's where we're at, Jess, right? Straight up, that's where we're at, right?
0: Yeah. And, and I think that at this point in time, because Saquon's at the end of his contract, so you're going to have to pay Saquon Barkley yeah, money. That's tricky and so
1: you, you, you pay saquon you, 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 you gotta you gotta pay
0: saquon to franchise danny dimes and, and you can draft a
1: shitload load of receivers and hope for the best
0: and here, here's the thing their receiver squad are a bunch of it's just a hodgepodge of guys i i you know there's some guys that i like you know but none of them none of none of them are justin jefferson's they're not jamar Chase. No. they're not Stephon diggs Man, they're, they're not kirk. they're not they christian
1: kirk they got nothing, they got I'm, a bunch of bums.
0: They got yes. they got they got a bunch of guys who yes, are handing down some other teams' practice squads. Let
1: me toot your fucking horn real quick. You've been talking about the De- all year and his absence from Buffalo and his you know subtraction here, addition there. This fucking guy has truly made chicken salad out of chicken shit, yes, and, and has really simplified the game. And you get this every few years where you get to the playoffs and you go. Oh, they're just basically running a a really, really simplified offense. And they don't have to be elaborate. They don't have to be the 49ers. They don't have to be in exotics all day. They just fucking go, we're going to run play actions. We're going to run fucking uh, Saquon at you. We're going to run screens. And we're going to run Danny Dimes out of fucking play play actions and bootlegs and shit like that. And it fucking works. It works. Now, does it continue to work this week, Jess? That's the big question. They are a seven and a half point underdog. To the Philadelphia Eagles, the Eagles may have trended in a weird direction here in December, but like you mentioned, their quarterback was banged up. Their team got banged up. Jess, who you got?
0: I I have the Eagles. Um, I I think the Giants' win is like one of two things. It was like the perfect storm. They, first of all, had the Minnesota Vikings, who we all crowned as regular season champions. Okay? They're always going to be, you know – Whatever, 13 and 5, 13 and 4. They're going to be, you know, 14 and 3. They're going to be whatever. The, Kirk Cousins is going to go off and throw for 5,000 yards a season. But come playoff time, Kirk Cousins is the worst form of Kirk Cousins that he can possibly be. We all know the Minnesota Vikings fail in the playoffs. It's, it's that, year after that's the year. That, so that they're part and of the third, storm. The
1: third but, and seven, he throws it. Th- throws a three yard check down. Yeah. Like, who, he should be fucking persecuted for that.
0: But because he's Kirk Cousins, he's, you know, so second part of the perfect storm besides playing Kirk Cousins, the Vikings in a playoff game is Saquon Barkley's like just rebirth. This guy has been the animal that we've been waiting for him to be. Like he is when he is on the field. He is the most dominant running back in the NFL. He can run through you. He can run around you. He can jump over you. He can stiff arm you straight six feet into the dirt. This man is, he is the prototypical running back that any team in the league would want to have on their team. And he has been healthy this year. And that also adds to Danny Dimes taking a lot of pressure off off the passing game because you can hand off to Saquon. That's an automatic six yards. So I think that that's the perfect storm. The New York Giants win that game. Against the Eagles, it's different. The Eagles' defense is very mean. They're very nasty in the trenches right up top. Saquon's going to have a tough time trying to run the ball. Uh, Danny Dimes is going to get rushed. He's going to get pressured. How well is he going to be able to handle that pass rush? Is he going to be able to be accurate on the run? Is he going to be able to be accurate when he's got one of those big-ass linemen in his face? I don't think so. I think the Eagles win. I think they cover the points, and then they move on to the NFC Championship game.
1: You and I are in agreement. I'm I'm torn on the points because I can see that the Giants have just fucked around and stuck around in so many games this year, even the games they lost. So seven and a half feels a little heavy to me. I can see a scenario where maybe the Giants are up I'm sorry, maybe the Eagles were up 10, 13. They win this game 10 or 13. But, God, this really just feels like a six or a seven-point game to me. So, shout-out to Vegas for sticking that seven and a half there. Because this really, again, feels like a score game to me. Um, I feel like these next three games are all one-score games, Jess. That's where my headset, by the way. Yeah. Just, a, just a little tip of the hat. Um, tip of the hand, if you will. So, okay, uh, I'm going to go Philly. And I'm gonna go Philly wins Giants cover because I think this is a five
0: or a six point win for Philly. I think it's it is. Gonna, it is the playoffs. It's Anything gonna happen. happen. It's, it's so crazy it's, been happening.
1: It's gonna be a nasty game for three quarters, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants are up like twenty seventeen in the third quarter, and then the the Eagles slip out the back door and they win like twenty three twenty seven. By the way. Like-
0: they're like – these are all – there's like three NFC East teams in, in the conference or in the divisional round, right? Yeah. Giants, Eagles, and Cowboys are all in the same – that's amazing.
1: Yes, sir, and that's what I'm saying. That's And that's why I was all out on Minnesota last week because I think that their division was kind of fraudulent. Uh, the, I know the Lions won a lot of games late, but we hated them at the beginning of the year, and they lost a lot of games badly. Uh, Green Bay was self-explanatory. And it, exact same story pretty much wash rinse repeat as the lions. it didn't until the very last week and the bears were the worst team in the league. So it, it wasn't that big of a surprise to me that they got punched in the mouth by the giants. The NFC East plays nasty old school football. Yeah. Um. All right. We're in agreement there. Let's keep it moving next game. It's time for a little Buffalo bills <laughs> corner here, Jess. And again, boy, did I want to check your temperature during that bills game. Uh, that let me man, and just one second on Miami here, Jess. Um, they fucked around and, and did enough defensively to keep that game tight. They really did, and, and I know that Josh Allen was making a shitload of mistakes, and and I think about how great Dak played last night and how badly Allen played for a few quarters there, and and the thing with Allen though, and it reminds me so much of John Elway is he can have three bad quarters, but if you're still in the game, doesn't fucking matter because that fourth quarter, he can still take over and still just make incredible throws. Um, Jess, what, what was your temperature there during that Buffalo-Miami uh, uh, game? Were you comfortable the entire time? I don't remember you going too crazy on the
0: Twitter machine. Uh, I mean, I was all about firing Ken Dorsey on the spot. Like,
1: Oh, that was the Yeah, you're right. I, I that was the one that was, look, the one. if you're Someone you, was getting you, fired.
0: Th- there was, there was literally a play like somewhere late in the game it was like third and one third and two, something like that. Dorsey dials up a, a five step drop and a 30 yard pass downfield. You have like one, one and a half yards to get the first down and you're going to toss it 30 yards down the field. And well-covered, by the way, and obviously not completed because Buffalo ends up punting next next play. Ken Dorsey did this a lot in the second half where he was just like, oh, hey, Josh has a big arm. Let's go use Josh's arm. Well, that's great. But that's the difference between Dorsey and what Dable used Josh Allen for last season, in the few seasons before. Uh, One thing I pointed out to Bills fans who were all about, like, you know, oh, well, a win's a win. I said, yeah, a win is a win. But when Dable had uh, Allen under his wing, the Bills were a top five red zone scoring offense. Ken Dorsey this year has Buffalo at like number 25 in the red zone. There's a difference between coaching styles and how that coach uses the quarterback. I don't believe that that Dorsey is using Josh Allen in, the, in an appropriate manner. I think that he's using Josh as a big-armed quarterback. Josh needs to roll out. Josh needs to move around. Josh needs to look for checkdowns. It's been five years. Josh Allen has not learned how to check down a, a pass play. We don't know how to run screen passes. This is the most basic, simple thing you learn in peewee football, screen pass. The Buffalo Bills cannot complete a screen pass. And this leads me to the other thing. It's not just an Allen thing. It's not just a Dorsey thing. But I'm just going to say it right now. I love Deion Dawkins. I love Mitch Morse. I love some of these guys in the offensive line. Roger Saffold, big body guy. But the Buffalo Bills offensive line is bad to mediocre at best. Josh Allen was sacked seven times in that game against Miami. Seven times. He was knocked down like 13 times. Your, Your Pro Bowl... Possible future MVP quarterback should not be touched that many times. Aaron Rodgers doesn't get touched that many times. Brady and his championship days didn't get touched that many times. Why are you, why is this offensive line built the way it is and why are they playing the way that they do? Josh Allen is forced to play a certain role and do more than what he should be doing in a football game, which leads to mistakes on Allen's part. And I and I on one end, I say, okay, I get that. And on the other end, I say, well, Josh, why are you throwing those passes? Then I have to go back to my first thought, which is Josh Allen has to do whatever Josh Allen can to win this football game.
1: Yeah. Man, just a weird game. And, again, credit to them for pulling away there. That out to the
0: Dolphins, work. too, like – McDaniels, you're down, you know, double digits, and you find a way to come back on the road. It's like 35, 40 degrees. It's kind of cold, and everybody makes fun of the Dolphins, you know, because of playing in the cold. They make a huge comeback. They have two or three chances to win at the end of the game. Mistakes, and, you know, Buffalo's defense dialed up a couple of good pressure plays and got in Skylar Thompson's face. And shout out to a third-string quarterback playing his first ever, you know, playoff game on the road against the Buffalo Bills and almost pulls it off. So, you know, Dolphin fans, you can talk shit. Bills fans talk shit about Miami. I thought it was a great game on both sides when you put it together. So it was fun to watch.
1: Uh, listen, now we're facing a little bit of a different team here. And, Jess, I, I've been texting you about this. We talked about <laughs> it the last week or two. The Cincinnati Bengals who had their own little rough uh, rough up, if you will, scare, if you will, versus the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, They are a five-point underdog to your Buffalo Bills at home. Just who you got.
0: So Joe Burrow did not look like Joe Burrow against the Baltimore Ravens. I think he only threw up like 208. Uh, He had one touchdown. No picks, no turnovers, but just, just over 200 yards, just that touchdown pass. And then they had to scrape by and it wasn't until that last, again, we're in the playoffs, man. Crazy shit happens. Uh, Scoop and pull 98 yard touchdown run by a defensive lineman. When in the fuck has that ever happened in NFL history? That yeah, a, a, a near three hundred pound man running ninety eight yards down the field for a, a game winning touchdown.
1: That was the game changer,
0: right Give there. Give me that a literally, break.
1: That that game. If you are a Ravens fan, you had you have to be pounding your fucking head into a wall right now when you hear this. And I'm sorry for that, but could you imagine being that close and thinking, "Damn, we're about to go up against this divisional team." with our third-string fuck quarterback, Snoop whatever the fuck his name is again. I'm sorry. And, Tyler uh, Huntley.
0: Tyler Huntley.
1: Snoop Huntley. And Snoop Huntley. And all we got to do is just fucking go up and over. And, one yard. I mean, and it's crazy because I was I would see one play with this Huntley kid and go, that was a nice little play. And then I'd see two and go, this guy's throwing ducks. This guy's missing his receivers. Now I understand. He's, you know, Whatever. The, the the third string, whatever. I get all that, but still, there were just some throws where you just go, well, I understand why this guy's not starting in the league. Now, um, but God, what a what a heart ripping moment as a fan watching that. That moment happened, Jesse, and I sort. I stood up off. I stood up off my fucking couch and went, "You got to be fucking kidding me!" And I just kept saying that out loud. "You got to be fucking kidding me!" As my man was uh, shuffling down ninety nine yards. <laughs> I just did look at my wife when you got to be fucking kidding me. I could not believe that happened. There were two true, I guess you could say three, true game-changing moments in each game, this uh, past wild card that comes in my head. That one, the turnover that Seattle made early in the fourth quarter when it was a six-point game, they were down six, driving at like the 30, somewhere between the 30 and the red zone, and Gino turned the ball over um, matters went and scored and it turned into a 13 point game. It was, that was it. It was over after that. Uh, and then last night's Tom Brady interception deep in the end zone when they're down six, nothing. And the Cowboys take that ball, drive down and make it 12, nothing that those to me are all game shifting place. Yeah. Um, so Jess, here we are. And again, I, uh, I'm torn on this one. I'll be honest with you. I'm, I like Buffalo. I don't know if I love the points. by, by the way, did I get a who you got off of you? I'm so no,
0: sad. no. Uh, so my again, I've thought about this a lot. Uh, uh, when the Bills played Cincinnati uh, week seventeen, and then the all the stuff happened on the field, and the game gets canceled. I was all in with Cincinnati that game. I I even said Cincinnati wins. They put up 30 points. You know, I don't even know if Buffalo's able to catch up. Uh, Buffalo loses his game. Um, But now we're in Buffalo. Buffalo's had that wonky playoff game against a team they've played now three times and the Bengals have also played the Ravens three times. and And you and I have talked about those interdivision rivalries where you know you end up playing them two times the regular season. You meet them in the playoffs, and it's a whole different story. You've met these guys twice already. Playing the same team in the same year, three different times is nuts. So both teams a little beat up from their past games. Uh, I think that Allen, I think, I hope that he's got the kinks worked out. I think Dorsey will be able to write up something a little bit different against the Cincinnati Bengals. And I do believe that the Buffalo Bills will win this game and move on to the AFC Championship game uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think that the points, though, I think it's gonna come down to a field goal. Yep. It's gonna be blow for blow every quarter. You're gonna see one team score, the other team score, one team score, the other team score. Defense won't necessarily be gone and non existent, but you're gonna see a lot of like very long drives all game long. And and it's gonna come down to that probably a last second field goal or, or whatever. I think Buffalo wins by three, moves on. This
1: feels to me like first to thirty wins. And I like 27-31 Buffalo. I think Buffalo wins. I, I don't I, – I think Cincinnati covers. The five is I, – I text Jesse and our boy, shout-out Chris W Powers, earlier this morning, and I said, I think that five is going to move between now –
0: and when the game kicks off. That five I, I is not going to be five on game I, day. I,
1: I think it'll be four, three and a half, three,
0: something gonna I'm guessing by the time game day happens, Vegas is going to give them the three points for the just big,
1: being home. The big, big boy money, money movers are going to come in. They're going to put a, fuck, a few hundred thousand on Cincinnati, and them, that line's going to a move. Yeah. All right, Jess. How Ooh, about the Cowboys?
0: Them They're
1: boys. Three a fucking half underdog to the San Francisco 49ers. We're going to label this game blood and guts because at my house, my wife and I are locking the doors. We're not letting a goddamn person in this house. And we're watching this game. She's going to have her 49ers shit on. I'm going to have my Cowboys shit on. It's going to get messy. (laughs) Jess, I'm I'm very intrigued here because I don't, 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 you know, uh, give it to me straight because if I thought the Bills were going to lose this week, I would have said it. Who you got here? Uh,
0: So... Here's where it gets interesting for me because I always say when it, when two teams are closely matched, Jay, you you and I have both said this many times, also on the show. Uh, I like to go who's got the better quarterback, and I have been a long time Dak Stan. And I'm not going to back off of that. Dak Prescott had one of the best games, probably the best game of his entire season in that playoff game. And he looked magnificent. And the offense just was smooth and fluid. And the defense just was after the quarterback. And I think that that's what's going to happen in this game. It's in San Fran. It's going to be warmer. Those players aren't going to have to worry about no conditions. It's going to be great out there. Uh, the, The 49ers, they have weapons. But the Dallas Cowboys have – they have weapons on the defensive side of the ball as well. And the game changer – the game changer in this game will be Micah Parsons. I say it week after week when I talk about the Dallas Cowboys, but the game changer will not be Dak Prescott. Dak will go do his thing. The game changer will be Micah Parsons putting pressure on a seventh-round quarterback playing in his second playoff game after nearly – after just surviving – The Seattle Seahawks. And the Seahawks have no pass rush. None. And they were losing to Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks. They ended up winning that game. The one big late. Geno made a lot of mistakes. But whatever. This is different. Dak, he's playoff Dak right now. We're going to see playoff Dak. We're going to see Micah Parsons get all over Purdy. And I think that that's going to be the game changer. I like the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, and and they're gonna cover. They're gonna win the game and cover the points. I think the Cowboys win by at least six.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm going
0: with. Honest opinion, not because you're my boy. Not because you're my boy. I'm just saying what I saw. What I saw in that last game, I loved. And again, I love Dak Prescott, man. Like my my three favorite quarterbacks in the league are Josh Allen, of course, Lamar Jackson, and Dak Prescott. I'm just telling you right now.
1: I just don't understand how you can have. Such a close game with the 49ers on Saturday. And I know, it was, I know the, the game was a blowout on paper, but for three quarters, that game was, it was close. close. And an absolute fucking blowout with the Cowboys. And then you go, this is, a, we're going to give the Niners three and a half. I guess it's just one of those at home things. That's I all so. I can think of. Um, yeah, echo every single thing you said. I'm not going to fucking pick a rookie quarterback in the playoffs Hell no. versus a great defense. And the Cowboys defense is fucking great. And then you see a night like last night, guess what? They're fucking elite. Now, I've been saying it all year. I've been saying it for the past five or six games. I said it when Grappolo was in. I said it before the season with Lance. And I've been saying it with fucking Purdy. The coach of the 49ers, Shanahan, is an offensive genius and he's forward-thinking, and he's going to run elaborate schemes, exotic schemes, where he gets Christian McCaffrey on one-on-ones versus linebackers. He gets IUK one-on-one versus linebackers. He gets Kittle one-on-one. He's going to find those mismatches. Is Purdy going to be able to connect on those? That's going to be the difference. He Now, I said this last week. He's only got to connect on a few of them, right? He's only got to connect on a few of them to really put up a few touchdowns. You look at his numbers last week, Jess, and we said it. He's not throwing 50- or 60-yard dimes. He's throwing five, seven-yard crossing patterns, and the receivers are getting great blocks up the field and just getting in the end zone. All about, yeah. Most of
0: Purdy's yards came on that Debo Samuel pass, which was like a 9, 10-yard pass where Debo took off for well, the this, other 65. This,
1: well, this is how a lot of them were, because I think he ended up throwing for like 300 yards. He had
0: threw for a stupid amount of numbers, but
1: it was because it's the yak. His yak is incredible, and it's been, it was like that with Grappolo, and it's been like that. Now, are they going to be able to do that against the Cowboys? It'll happen a handful of times. Is it going to happen more times than not? Hell no. Are we going to get the Dak last week or next week that we saw this week God, as a Cowboys fan, I hope so. Now, I'm also not stupid, and I understand the Niners defense is a lot better than the Tampa Bay defense. I think that Dak is going to have a great game. He is going to have to play perfect, the same way he did last night, in order to beat these 49ers. But let me tell you, Jess, you and I are on the same page. This is our upset of the week. We like the Cowboys. I take the points. I like the upset special. I think the Cowboys win something like 27-23. Because, again, I do think that the Niners get in the end zone two, maybe three times. This is going to be a hard-hitting game. This is going to be a lot of Pollard, heavy dose of Zeke. But at the end of the day, Jess, you're right. It's going to be, can Dak extend plays with his legs like we saw last night? Can Dak make those dime throws like we saw last night? and the answer is yes. I'm excited. I like the Cowboys.
0: You should be excited. I
1: like the points.
0: I mean, you you like we both grew up in the era of like the Young and the Aikman and the Montana and in in uh you know just all the greats uh, between the the Niners and the Cowboys. We've seen the great games, we've seen the great playoff games. And I can't wait to see the trailer because you know there's going to be a trailer for this game. And it's going to be like 15 minutes long. And if it's not, then it's a shame oh, by it'll the NFL. Ha, it'll, it'll have this, the this Cash to be, it'll have Bill Walsh. it'll epic.
1: have George Seifert. it'll have DeBartolo. Oh, yeah. it'll have fucking Staubach and all these guys. They'll have it'll this have is, this is the
0: is lot and the, the 49ers yeah. Cowboys, one of the greatest rivalries in the history. We're not talking like the Bills Chiefs that a lot of people have talked about right now. Screw all that stuff. I'm talking about real rivalries. This is one of the greatest rivalries in NFL history. And you got Dak Prescott, who gets to go against a rookie quarterback in his second game and not just play the Seattle Seahawks and their mediocre defense and Geno Smith, who is prone for turnovers. And that's basically what cost the Seahawks the game. So now you got to take on Dak Prescott, who is in the top tier of the NFL quarterbacks in not just a good defense, but like Jay said, an elite defense. These guys get after the quarterback. They stop the run. Christian McCaffrey is going to break a few. Debo's going to break a few. I, you know, Kittle's,
1: Kittle's got to have a major game. For
0: Kittle, win Kittle's going to have to have a, a Kelsey-type game if the 49ers are to beat the Cowboys. Because I think, if anything, those linebackers are suited better for rushing the passer than sticking around with a, with a fast, quick, agile tight end. He's going to have to be on target. But in order for that to happen, Purdy's going to have to escape and elude a lot of pressure, and I just don't see it happen.
1: Jess, I'm going to do five minutes of AEW, and then we're out of here.
0: Do it. Tell me about it.
1: Uh, LA was incredible. I started the show off like that, so I'll end the show like that. Uh, They taped an hour of AEW Dark Elevated, which you can see online. They had some local wrestlers. It was pretty dope. Uh, I've watched a lot of live wrestling. I would easily take Hangman versus Mox. And stick that in some of the greatest live matches that I've ever seen. It goes right into the top five. Uh, And, of course, the same with the Elite versus the Death Triangle Trios match. I mean, it was ladders. It was tables. It was weapons. It was fucking unbelievable. The atmosphere was crazy. The show in June that I went to, their debut in L.A. was great. But it, it was more... When you left, it was the MJO, MJF moment, per se. It wasn't necessarily like, damn, there were a bunch of banger matches. It was just like, oh, there was a moment. We were just part of a moment. Um, this, this event you left going, god damn, we, like, those were two of the best matches that they've ever put on television. And for them to have two of them in the same night, I mean, it, it doesn't get any better Day taped the rampage. Uh, I took enough edibles to fucking put an elephant down. So did my boy. He started falling asleep literally during the uh, Jeff Jarrett segment, which uh, depressed me. And so right when that chick <laughs> right when that women's street fight started, I told my boy, listen, one of us has to drive home. Fucking let's get let's get out of here before it gets too crazy before the traffic gets too wild. So I did not see the big spots it's all over the internet where uh, Willow, who I absolutely love, does a power bomb like uh, Dudley style from the stage to the outside table. I missed that, but uh, everything else was absolutely un- unbelievable. Uh, also, I walked in the building and uh, again, I was a little bit baked um, and I was so preoccupied. My eyes were so set on Oh, there's a dope ass elite shirt that is uh, Lakers colors that I walked right by the acclaimed who were doing a meet and greet right in the area that I was at. I mean, two feet from me, <laughs> walked right by him, turned around, my fucking stone ass realized, oh, my God, there's the acclaimed. And as I pull out my phone to take a photo, security, and I take a great photo, security goes, yo, you got to delete that. And I was like, "Really?" So I deleted my really really good photo, but I put a blurry one up that I took quickly. On this, and they're not the boss of me. But yeah, overall incredible night. I'm excited for tomorrow night. I'll be at AEW Fresno. I'll report next week from there. Jess, uh, I think we did it.
0: I think that's it. Folks, anyone listening, anyone that will listen, thank you all. Thank you to Variety Sports Network. You can follow them at uh, underscore variety underscore – or no, variety underscore sports underscore. That's the way it is. Uh, You can follow us on Team Toss 21. You can follow Jay at Valdez, spelled backwards, 559. You can follow me at JTT81. Uh, please tweet more sports thoughts and just whatever, honestly. Like we're, we're, we're like, we'll, we'll, we'll basically talk back with it. We'll debate anything. So hit us up at team toss 21, please. It's also gaining some momentum. I'm positive. We will get it, get to a thousand sometime in the next month or two. I'm I'm, I'm positive. I'm feeling good about this. Uh, Thanks for listening to the show. We appreciate you all. And uh, we're out.
1: Peace, guys.